We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We pay our respects to the elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people on the lands which Deep Herd operates. Welcome back to the Grains Combo Podcast, brought to you by the Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development in Western Australia. I'm Cindy Webster. And I'm Jeanette Pratt, and we are research scientists based in regional WA. These episodes shine a spotlight on the knowledge and tools developed by Deeper to grow the grains industry. In today's episode, I'm talking with Deep Head Research Scientist Jeremy Curry and UWA Principal Research Fellow Dr. Michael Considine about the upcoming 7th International Plant Dormancy Symposium that has been held from Tuesday the 12th to Friday the 15th of September in Perth and their respective research in the plant dormancy space. Welcome to the podcast, Jeremy and Michael. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Thanks very much. Before we dive in, I'd like to know a bit about both of you and how you both fit into this year's International Plant Dormancy Symposium. Jeremy, can you give us a bit of an introduction to yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name is Jeremy Curry. I'm a research scientist working for DPERT, and I'm based in Esperance on Western Australia's south coast. I've worked in crop agronomy over the last nine years on various projects in wheat, barley and canola. And I've just recently commenced my PhD, which I think we'll talk a bit about later. And Michael, how about yourself? I'm actually also a deep herd scientist. I uh, have been so since 2003, but I was seconded. uh, I've been 100% seconded to the university since 2007. My research is primarily horticulture, but more and more so it blends to really understanding how crops respond to seasonality and to, to different climate situations. Moving on to talking about the conference, Michael, can you tell us what is plant and seed dormancy? And Michael, the conference is in its seventh year. The last one was held in Kyoto, Japan in 2018. What is the significance of this year's event and how does it differ from previous years? I I can give a definition of of dormancy in the strict sense, and that's what we see in cereals in primary dormancy, where the seed following maturation will enter a period where it's not responsive, not able to germinate, typically until a certain condition has been met, such as chilling requirement. And that varies uh, genetically, and there are certain interventions that we've learned that we can use to, to manage that ag- agronomically as well. But more, more generally, the, the conference is also about quiescence, and that's more of a, an opportunistic condition uh, that we can see playing out in terms of how widely branched a variety might be or how a plant responds to different light conditions or different different environmental conditions that that tr- trigger more growth or suppress growth. So that's more broadly uh, the the conference is, is is starting to embrace those types of research as well, understanding at the basic level from cell division upwards what regulates growth. And why is it so meaningful for WA to be the host of the conference this year? WA embraces so many diverse ecosystems and, and agricultural and as well as ecological ecosystems where native plants have learned to adapt to different constraints. And we're also trying to manage crops in different climates, right from a cool temperate up to a subtropical environment. And so understanding how 
plant growth is is regulated in those different conditions really helps us to to anticipate and manage potential future climates as well as be able to perhaps grow certain varieties or develop new varieties that that might be better suited to current conditions. And there are several overarching goals or purposes of the conference. Michael, can you go through these for us? The conference is is uh, it's a bringing together of of two major communities. One is the 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 tree community, and the other and the other is the seed community. So that brings in the, the cereals as well as some some research in in more ecologically important species, together with the fruit tree crops and also some some annuals uh, annual and herbaceous species. So it's a cross disciplinary meeting. And the significance for Western Australia, I think, is it's the first time we've been able to attract these people to, to come here. And really what uh, encourages me is to be able to try and showcase the, the amazing agriculture in, environments that we have here, as well as the, the ecology and native beauty of, of uh, Western Australia. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a fantastic event. Um, let's move on to some of Dormancy research now that you're both involved in. Jeremy, you have previously spoken on this podcast series about pre-harvest sprouting in wheat, but can you give us an update on what research you're currently doing in the dormancy space? Yeah, sure, Cindy. Um, so as you mentioned, I've worked in pre-harvest sprouting in wheat for a number of years, largely on our different genotypes or our varieties that we grow um, are more or less at risk of pre-harvest sprouting. But pre-harvest sprouting goes hand in hand with grain dormancy. Um, as Michael already mentioned, primary dormancy where you've got grains that are able to forgo germination even if they get wet. And so that's really a trait that we want in our varieties so that you know if we do get a wet harvest, we're able to get our grains harvested before they've actually germinated and dormancy is going to help us to avoid that germination. So I guess in my current research as I move from my industry work through to my PhD, um, it's really focused on how the environmental conditions our crops are exposed to is going to influence our grain dormancy and other germination characteristics, and as our overall influence our risk of pre-harvest sprouting. Jeremy, do you have any um, findings from your research that you can share with us today, or is that still coming in the future? Well, I suppose the background of it has been the findings over recent years, which is how our PHS risk or our pre-harvest sprouting risk changes throughout the maturation period. Um, so previously, you know, it's generally considered that the longer a crop is exposed in the paddock or, or the further after ripened it is, the more impactful rainfall will be. But we're actually starting to find that in recent years with earlier sowing and pushing our maturation earlier, um, having our crops mature under very cool conditions um, can actually increase our risk of pre-harvest sprouting. And that's we think that's to do with how grain moisture and grain dormancy are interacting as the crop's drying down. So that's sort of been the background to my work. And you know, we are seeing that grain dormancy and grain moisture you know, are interacting to a certain extent, and that's what we want to look at further. What impact do you think this research may have on WA cropping practices? I think there's there's probably a few a few ways it could impact. In my role, working quite closely with growers, we've really focused on how they can then manage their risk of pre-harvest sprouting. And at the end of the day, it's by picking genotypes that are at lower risk, but also trying to avoid avoid some of that pre-harvest sprouting. So as I've mentioned, earlier maturation under cooler conditions is seeming to increase our risk. So just as we try and match our crop's development to the season for yield, you know, if we do so early, we want to sow a longer maturing variety. Uh, we want to do the same thing with pre-harvest sprouting in that we don't want our crop maturing in September, October under typically cooler and wetter conditions where we're going to get more rainfall and we might see an increased risk. And as we learn to understand a bit more about that and 
that's particularly what my PhD studies want to focus on is how genetically and physiologically that's controlled. And as we understand that better, we can then manage it better um, with new varieties. And then once those varieties get in the hands of growers, go around again and, and look at how the growers can manage those varieties as well. So it's really, it goes from, I suppose, the grower level um, right through to the physiological and genetic understanding. Excellent. And Michael, can you share with us what research you're currently doing in the horticultural bud dormancy space? One of, one of the more interesting ones is, is trying to teach uh, grapevines to grow in a, in a tropical environment. And this is, uh, is, is really important for understanding the broader consequences of, of dormancy. So grapevine was domesticated in a, a Mediterranean climate. And so it, it requires those regular seasonal changes from summer, autumn, winter, spring. Uh, and it, it, you know, it depends on, on those conditions for its for orderly production. Take it into a, tro- into a subtropical or a tropical climate and those seasons aren't ex- don't exist. Um, you don't get a, a change in the, the day length. You don't get a change in the, in the low night temperatures. And so what happens is the vine just wants to grow leaves and it will eventually run out of run out of energy because it hasn't had the opportunity to, to rest and that rest is important for managing the energy reserves that are required for the subsequent season. So why would why, why would we try to do this? I, ultimately for import replacement. Australia imports over $80 million worth of table grapes and largely from California. If we can grow the grapes in a, sub, in a subtropical, or, well, we already are, to some, some extent growing them in, in Carnarvon. Um, we have a, a reasonable industry there. But if we can grow them a little bit further north, such as Broome, uh, then we can bring them to market earlier and replace that the imports with domestic fruit. It's certainly a fascinating opportunity and, uh, and, and one that has many challenges. But thank you, Michael. It's very interesting hearing the dormancy work in both grains and horticulture. And I'd like to say... A very big thank you to you both for coming onto the podcast and highlighting the 7th International Plant Dormancy Symposium and your dormancy research. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks very much. More information on this topic can be found in the show notes. If you like this episode, you can download and subscribe to Grains Convo on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll be back on the 1st and 15th of every month with a new episode. Thanks for listening.